0: You know what i'd do if i were you
1: turn around and go home
0: no i suggest you stand at attention click your heels and salute your shorts hey everybody welcome back to another episode of the black case diaries podcast i'm robin i'm here with
1: adam and
0: marcy
2: What's up? Hey. we're
0: back Hey, <laughs> it's been a while
2: did you miss us
0: Don't answer. We'll just keep talking. I missed us, and that's the important thing.
2: (laughs) I missed me the most.
0: We're we're really happy to welcome Marcy back to the
3: show. Yeah. Hey. Hey. Yeah. How was your volunteer work, Marcy? Uh, It was fun, you know? It was fun.
2: She solved world hunger, right?
0: Uh, It's solved. It's done. It's,
3: yep, moving on. Thank God. (laughs) Thank you, Marcy. (laughs) You're welcome.
0: so this week we're going to talk about another nickelodeon classic
2: yes Mm -hmm. you might
0: notice that we talk about these shows a lot
2: well we feel like they're not talked about enough
0: yeah Mm -hmm. we love them at least i do and i make them talk about them
2: (laughs) (laughs) we love them too and it
0: was my week so i get to to talk about something i love
2: (laughs) Uh, wait that's how this (laughs) has been going the whole time (laughs) Shoot, I've been playing this game all wrong. We haven't talked about Jurassic Park once.
0: You know, actually, it's true. Me and Marcy knew that, but Adam did not. (laughs) Shit. We've just been picking topics for him. All right.
2: Moving forward, you guys are in for some shit.
0: (laughs) Anyway... (laughs) <laughs> so this week we're going to talk about another classic Nickelodeon live action show called Salute Your Shorts. Ta-da. If you've ever if you if you've ever heard of Salute Your Shorts, then you know that it takes place at summer camp. And mm-hmm. it is an old Nickelodeon show. Yes. Meaning that a lot of people who are maybe in their early 20s probably don't remember it very much.
2: Like me. Like
0: <laughs> <laughs> <And> me. <laughs> the show originally aired from 1991 to 1992. So, it was only two seasons long, and there were 13 episodes in each season, which is appalling because I thought this show was much longer than it actually is. Mm -hmm. And it it kind of blows my mind that there's only 26 episodes, and only like 12 of them are available on Amazon to buy.
2: Get on (laughs) that.
0: It's super, super duper annoying. (laughs) Yes. I'm really frustrated about
2: that. What's the point of Nick Splat if you're not going to put stuff like that on it? I I mean, come on. I don't get it. It's a little little frustrating. Anyway, (laughs) just a touch.
0: Right. So we're going to do what we always do. And we're going to kind of go through a brief history of the show. We're going to talk about what's good about the show, what we like about the show. I made them watch a little bit of it so that way they can, you know, say something too. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, we're going to start here. <clears throat>
1: Sorry.
0: <laughs> Salute Your Shorts is based on a book written in 1986 by Steve Slavkin and Thomas Hill. It's not really a book with characters and a plot that you kind of follow. It's really, it's very, like a guidebook. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, mm-hmm. you know, if Salute Your Shorts was more like the book, it would be more like Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: that's that's what I imagine. Yeah,
0: so, but it, it wasn't really like the book. Yeah. It's just the title's a, the same. It's a self-help
3: book, you know? Just, right. You know?
1: Yeah, the <laughs> exactly. title
0: and the spirit and the setting of camp, that's what is similar about the book and in the, in the show.
1: Right. Mm-hmm.
0: Slavkin pitched the show to Nickelodeon and when they greenlit a pilot for him he actually went got to be able to write the show and he was credited as the creator of the show and uh, he also got to help cast the show so he really was he was in it he was in the whole thing which
2: is awesome I want that for any property that I had that would be as involved as possible.
0: I like to quote the A.V. Club about this kind of stuff because they do really great articles about older things, older movies and shows. And one thing that they said about this show to kind of describe how it works is that it was a show built on characters, sensible stereotypes through clever writing and earnest performances were able to mostly transcend their quirks to offer an identifiable portrait of adolescence. The show was really quirky. When he decided to cast the show, he wanted kids that were kids, right? Right. Mm
2: Kind of the opposite of what Disney was doing at the time, and kind of what Disney still does on their own channel. All of their live-action shows have these really, like, pristine and almost perfect kids, at least in the way they look. Mm -hmm. A lot of
0: them are older than their age. Yeah, exactly.
2: And, And... after the show happens, they, like, go on to be singers or some, you know, they get stuck in the kind of like the Disney zeitgeist for <laughs> yeah. so long, but... This they were like, no, 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 no. Right. None of that.
0: He wanted kids. They wanted kids that were kids. Mm-hmm. He wanted right. kids that had braces and glasses that were awkward. Kids that were overweight. Kids that were skinny. Kids that were. I mean, it didn't Talked matter. Talk with a lisp.
1: Yeah. Yeah. stuff like it, that. It, he no wanted
0: caked kids on that, Makeup. Yeah, and there really actually wasn't much of a hair and makeup person on set. It, also, when he casted them, a lot of them didn't have acting experience, and the idea of their acting wasn't necessarily it wasn't a focus point. Right. It wasn't like he casted the best actors. Right. You know, he just casted the people that seemed to be the best for the roles, but not necessarily good at acting, which is a lot, one big criticism that I do hear about this show from other people is that the acting can be a little bit cringy at times. Some people feel like maybe the kids aren't very good (laughs) at acting, but, you know, I mean, some of them had never done it before.
2: Yeah, it doesn't matter, and as long as they fit the character they're trying to play, you know, like a stereotype bully character or a nerd character or this kind of thing, it's not too hard to still fit into that role while not being the greatest Shakespearean actor or anything like that.
0: (laughs) Right. (laughs) So the show first aired on July 4th, 1991. According to the Los Angeles Times, I dug up a really old article about it. (laughs) And its final air date was June 30th, 1992. And you know, 92 just in case anybody doesn't know that was 27 years ago
2: <coughs> so <coughs> oh jesus
0: yeah it was 27 <laughs>
2: that's years ago too, that's too long ago
0: so that's kind of why a lot of kids or not even kids a lot of young adults might not remember this show but a lot of them do remember this show and the reason is because nickelodeon even though the show was done making new episodes they continued to air the show all the way through the 90s it was still very just popular and it was because they just kept playing the reruns.
2: It's an incredible testament to the show itself. I mean, we'll get into what makes it great, but like if you rerun a show for that long, obviously people like it. I mean, look at shows that are still running today. Like you can still get, you can still catch Seinfeld on TV Mm -hmm. and that show ended forever ago now. So stuff like that, you know, people still enjoy the show, even though it's so short, it's only 26 episodes and, you still get enough enjoyment out of them. Right.
0: It's kind of like when, it, when something enters your imagination, especially when you're a child, and that it feels like there's so much more to it than those 26 episodes, because mm-hmm. your brain kind of expands on the universe a little bit. And you have kind of, you know, an idea of what happened off screen and the way things were beyond that. And because of that, it feels kind of like a bigger show. Mm-hmm. And it has more of like a nostalgic place in your heart. A lot of people are nostalgic for this show. So when Nickelodeon Greenlit the pilot episode, they didn't do anything with it. They had a pilot episode that aired, I think, in October of like 90, 1990 or something like that. And even though they decided that they wanted to do the show, they didn't actually pick it up for another year. And because of that, they had to recast pretty much the entire show because all the kids had gotten older Mm-hmm. after a year and uh, a couple of the kids would just re and still got the parts anyway uh I-, I think the only two that i could confirm through my research were donkey lips and butnik were two of the big characters of the show mm-hmm. they're the two bullies in the beginning of the show and originally donkey lips was supposed to be the bully on camp Because when Budnick was first in the first pilot episode, he was much smaller. And after he had gone through a growth spurt throughout the year, (laughs) they decided that he should be the camp bully and that Donkey Lips would be more of like his lackey.
2: Wow, I didn't know that.
0: So the one thing that you have to think about with Salute Your Shorts before we even get into the actors or episodes that we like, the most prominent thing about this show is the theme song. Even if you don't remember the show, you might remember the theme song. It's a very, yeah, it's iconic. It's an iconic theme song. And uh, I told Marcy earlier, I want to dedicate this episode to my brother Tim. (laughs) I hope he's listening right now. My brother Tim is five years older than I am. Growing up, I might not have known about this show, except that he watched it, so I watched it. That's just kind of how it works when you have older siblings. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember that he really enjoyed it, and he was the one that told me, the, sh- the camp that they go to is called Camp Anawana.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And he, he told me, see, Robin, that's funny because it sounds like I don't want to. Mm-hmm. Is what, you know, he told me when we yep. were kids. Oh, I get it now, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. And when he was in first grade, it would have been like maybe, maybe like 1993 or something. Our teacher's name was Miss Arment.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, no.
0: And if you acted up in class you got a frown face Mm -hmm. and it was next to your name and a frown face could kill you socially
1: it was like you were a pariah
0: if you had a frown face (laughs) because you had to sit on the bench at
1: recess
0: (sighs) I think even both recesses I think you had to sit on the bench you had two recesses? Uh, yeah we had 10-15 recess and lunch recess anyway you had to sit on the bench at recess (laughs) (laughs) sorry everybody (laughs) hold on (laughs)
2: That's ridiculous.
0: (laughs) And the teacher stapled a note to your parents into your folder, ruining it forever. Oh,
2: stapling it to the folder? Yeah, she stapled it to the folder. Oh, my
0: God. And then you took the folder home, and your parents had to read the note and sign it, and you brought it it back, Mm -hmm. and it proved that they saw. And if if you didn't bring it back, you got another frown face. (laughs) My brother Tim was in class, and he was not supposed to be talking in class, and he got caught up singing the Salute Your Shorts theme song. And, you know, he said, Camp on wanna we hold you in our hearts, and when we think about you... It makes me want to fart! It makes me want to fart. <laughs> Which he thought was hilarious. Yes, My brother I've, was... yeah. He,
3: everybody he, would. I mean. Yeah.
0: He, he kind of... He thought farts were very funny. I mean, most kids do. They're pretty... They are pretty funny. Then,
2: yeah, look at any, like, low-budget animated movie, and I guarantee you <laughs> there'll be at least three fart jokes in that trailer.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, he got in trouble and got a frown face and he'll never forget it. He all he still remembers getting a frown face because of that. So, and nobody I rem-
2: ever talked to him ever again.
0: <laughs> I mean, oh, also, if you got a frown face, you missed out on the extra 5-minute recess at the end of the week.
2: Uh, Holy, yeah. three recesses <laughs> on a Friday? Yes. What the hell school is this? Jelly? Yeah. I mean, a little
0: had you guys heard the theme song before, before we decided to talk about uh, this? It's yeah.
2: so familiar that I probably have, but I couldn't have like told you the lyrics or anything. But mm-hmm. as soon as it gets into that camp, I'm mm-hmm. like, I've heard right. that before.
0: Mm-hmm. The theme song was written by Ed Alton, who had written a lot of other theme songs before. Um, Head of the Class, The Single Guy, Suddenly Susan, Nikki, My Boys, and Whitney were all shows that he wrote theme songs for. And the theme song for Salute Your Shorts is the only one in television history, at least so far, that has the word fart in it. (laughs) Most shows would probably steer clear of that word. (laughs) Yeah. But not Nickelodeon. But it fits and it's perfect.
2: I mean, yeah, it's, it's that kind of vibe they're going for where kids will be kids. And yeah, some kids think farts are funny, so.
3: Most kids. Mm-hmm.
2: i mean i mean let's be real i still think they're funny sometimes
3: <laughs> for a second there i thought you were gonna be like i was sophisticated and oh, i no. did not like
2: <laughs> not at germs. all i thought they're <laughs> hilarious i i mean they're <laughs> they're still funny burps are still funny i mean whatever
3: but you have your <laughs> limit right i mean oh obviously <laughs> <laughs>
2: but like but like if you just hear like a little <laughs> I it's mean,
3: <laughs> a well-timed
0: fart is comedy gold. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly. But so some of the, if you guys have seen the theme song, a lot of the acting in the theme song is actually improvised. There's a part where the actor who plays Sponge, mm-hmm. he was a little boy with blonde hair, glasses. He puts his arm, he leans his arm on uh, Buttnig's shoulder, Danny Cooksey's shoulder, uh-huh. and he looks at him. Danny cooksy looks at him and just pushes pushes his arm right off the shoulder like don't touch me. <laughs> um, that wasn't something that was huh. uh, scripted. Also, at the end of the theme song, Donkey Lips, he uh, raises his arm in the air. Everyone raises their arms in the air at the same time, and he actually smacks Telly Venus De Milo is the actress. In the face. Oh
2: no! And
0: you can't really see that he does it, but you do see her at the very split second end of the theme song. She does turn her head and look at him, and kind of you can see she's kind of upset.
1: Oh <laughs> like, man!
0: Just very quickly, like, did you just hit me? Like that kind of look on oh. her
1: face. Oh my gosh!
3: And uh, yeah, cut. Perfect. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so. Uh, Before we get into those actors and everything, too, I do want to mention that the show was canceled after two seasons, but not because it had bad ratings or because of, I don't know, feuding on set or something like that, (laughs) though sometimes the kids didn't always all get along, which is that's totally normal with kids. Right. It's just going to happen. But the reason that it was canceled was because the kids had settled in Los Angeles where they were filming on location. And when it was time to... when Nickelodeon had just bought their studios in Florida, which we all remember mm-hmm. as Nickelodeon studios from when we were kids. Yeah. With the cool slime and the... Mm-hmm. the yeah, the outdoor, cool like,
2: park and the... Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. So they had just... They wanted to relocate the kids to Florida. And many of them had settled there and were just... I, they did not want to relocate. Mm-hmm. And so they decided, well, I guess that's just the end of the show. And really... I mean, it seems like it was fine anyway, because the show continued to be popular for the next few years anyway.
1: So,
2: Yeah, it's a shame, though, on one hand, because they probably could have had quite a few more seasons out of it. And, it, you know, we'd have more of the show and more fun things to talk about. But, you know, I it, when it comes down to it, it's really hard to ask a kid to do something as... Difficult as moving from L.A. Mm-hmm. to Florida like it couldn't be yeah. further away.
0: Yeah. yeah, it's pretty far.
2: <laughs> you know, if the family is completely settled into a place like mm-hmm. say they had to move from L.A. to San Diego. It's like mm, yeah. it's a few right. miles south. It's not that bad. But Florida's as yeah. far away as you can possibly get. Basically, <laughs> I was about so, to
3: say I can't. I mean, I'm sure the parents also were kind of just. That's like, what no. I'm saying. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, thank you, <laughs> as, <laughs> thank you. As
2: a whole, the yeah. family was just probably like, no, man,
3: <laughs> we've got. School, we just got here. We've
2: got schools here. We've got jobs here.
3: Yeah.
2: Right.
0: So, the next thing I want to talk about were the people in the show, the actors. Yeah. I started with Kirk Bailey, who is the guy who plays Lee, the camp counselor, nicknamed Ug Lee. Uh. His name's Kevin (laughs) Lee, but everyone calls him Ug Lee. He always wears his fishing hat Mm -hmm. in almost every single episode. I think there's only one episode where he doesn't wear it. He's a bumbling counselor. He doesn't... Apparently, in the original pilot, he was much more of an authoritarian, much more scary and intimidating to the kids. But when they re- refilmed it and everything, they decided, well, he's a very silly, kind of weird, awkward mm-hmm. kind of guy. He always has <laughs> one, one thing that he has a lot is the, is the, the, the sunscreen, sunscreen on his nose. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> he's got sunscreen on his nose that's not rubbed in. And in the first episode of the show, the first time he appears, that's when Donkey Lip starts the chant ugly. I'm Kevin Lee,
2: and I will be your counselor this year.
1: Ugly, 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 ugly.
0: And I assume that's why he has the nickname. Yeah, it must be. Yeah. So Kirk Bailey after Solutions Shorts did a lot of voice work. He's been in animes, but also it recently he did voice like various voices in Bumblebee, Frozen, and Big Hero Six. So he's he just does voice work for a lot of gigantic productions. Yeah, yeah. which is
2: pretty dang cool. Yeah. Um, I've seen a lot of you, you mentioned anime. He did the English dub for Trigun and um he was in Cowboy Bebop 2 which are two pretty popular western like popular in the west anime i had no idea that it was like you know i you never think about who's doing the voice dubs for for anime in english because it's just
1: yeah i don't know you're mm-hmm.
2: not as concerned about it they don't really credit them as as well cuz the credits all stay in japanese most of the time so you're not really reading anything there but um but that's super cool i had no idea <laughs>
3: <laughs> Learn something new
1: every yeah. day.
0: So the next person that I want to talk about is Danny Cooksey as Bobby Butnick.
1: Yeah, Butnick
0: is. I would say that there is no true main character in this show, but I would say Butnick is probably the most prominent character in the show. He's the loudest, and he's <laughs> he's just he's very you can't miss him. Right. He's you know he starts out as being like the camp bully, but he kind of develops over time. He kind of starts to become more. Um, mature, I guess. And- yeah,
2: he stops being such a punk about it. You know, right. he's not being mean for the sake of it anymore. Yeah, you know, sometimes he'll continue to play jokes or be Roasted, a jerk and-
0: toasted and burnt to a crisp. Yeah, yeah. Is what that's his catchphrase,
2: right? But at the beginning, you know, he's just being mean, maybe because he doesn't want to be there or that kind of thing. It's just right. But yeah, he 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 progresses throughout the show and. You know, he's about as close to a main character as the show gets. I'd say. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and I mean, there are probably just as many episodes directly about him as there are about other characters right, too. Because, right. and we'll talk about the first season and everything in just a second too. But, um, so th- like the what he did after Nickelodeon, he was already a child actor before he was in Silly Your Shorts, and uh, he did an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? If you guys remember, there's an episode about Mummy. Mm-hmm. He's in that one. And I remember that one as the one with Budnick from Zooly Shorts, in it. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, he also I think his crowning achievement as an actor I mean the highest he'll ever go I don't think there will ever be anything greater than Stoop Kid from Hey Arnold. This is number one.
2: <laughs> absolutely, there
0: will never be a role better <laughs> than Stoop Kid. I absolutely that I think that that is one of the most famous episodes of hey arnold mm-hmm. i feel like if you haven't even watched hey arnold you know about stoop kid he's afraid to leave his stoop
1: right so
3: <laughs> classic
0: and you saw him recently in a movie too right adam
2: oh yeah he's he's in terminator 2 he's john connor's like friend for the first bit of the movie until uh until the t1000 shows up it's i had <laughs> I had no idea. We wa- did some research, and he just oh, he's also in Terminator 2. What? I just wa- like I just watched this movie recently, and I it didn't click at all. But now I can't believe I missed it because I mean he's he's the same he he's basically the same character in the movie as he is in Salute Your Shorts. He's Very... got the red hair, the long red hair with the you know he may as well have been wearing a cut off um, jean jacket.
1: You know, holding a boombox and
2: just being a just being a punk <laughs> you know it punk. fits in
0: so do you guys want to do the next one
2: sure yeah
3: you can start adam all
2: right i'll start michael bauer as eddie uh donkey lips griffin Galvin. Galvin, sorry i read it as griffin i put my phone <laughs> down <Gelfin>. too early Galvin <laughs> <laughs> donkey Lips.
0: i can hawk a loogie eight feet in the air and catch it with
2: my tongue wow your
1: mother must be really proud
2: um, first of all, what the heck kind of name is Donkey Lips? Let's let's get that out of the way. <laughs> right. I feel terrible for this kid, but yeah. apparently he's okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> but he he was uh, Butnick's best friend early on in the uh, early on the show, really the f- beginning of the first season. And he is kind of the like you mentioned earlier. He's kind of his lackey. He's in there and kind of helping him right. play pranks on yeah. other kids. But um, he he quickly becomes. A lot nicer and kind yeah. of makes friends with other characters. As yeah, well. he
0: he's more sensitive than Budnick is, yeah. and there are a lot of episodes where Budnick is kind of a dick to him. I mm-hmm. mean, he's not nice to him, right? And um, in those episodes, he turns to the other campers and says, you know, hey, let's get back at Budnick. You know, let's <laughs> do something <laughs> to it Budnick. Is. Yeah, he's a jerk. You know, that kind of stuff. So yeah,
3: like for example, the Zeke the Plumber episode. Exactly. Right. Can't wait to talk about that. Yes. Yeah, that's a good more on that later. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well,
0: like I said earlier, Michael Bauer is one of the car- one of the actors that re-auditioned for Salute Your Shorts, and they just recast him. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the a year after the pilot. Right.
2: He was he was too good of a character to to pass on. Um, but he did some work before Salute Your Shorts too. He had. Uh, he was in Wonder Years, yeah. which I hadn't I didn't know either. I'm finding out all of these characters were in little roles that I had no idea. <laughs> and uh, Doogie Hauser.
0: Yeah. Those are two very big shows. Yeah. 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 I,
2: I actually haven't seen any of Doogie Hauser, but I know I mean that's a, a name that you can't forget
3: yeah, exactly. I mean, it's
0: it's the it's the Neil Patrick Harris Baby Doctor show where he's mm-hmm. like a, chi- he's a child child oh, doctor.
3: Okay, and hey,
0: it, that... and at the end of every episode, he gotcha. writes in his little journal <laughs> gotcha. about about his day. Well, yeah.
2: he's well, he's in that too. There you go. <laughs>
0: Just in case anybody wondered what yeah. what Doogie has now was. <laughs> now now all I You're can
3: picture is just like little Neil Patrick Harris in a little doctor suit
1: and yeah, <laughs> he's so cute
0: like and he doctor. and he's got a lot of hair and yeah. he just sits at his. Could little you imagine?
2: Finger. Could you imagine if he was in *Salute uh, Shorts* too?
0: That'd be. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it would be on DVD yeah. at least. i right.
2: You know what? You're absolutely right. Yeah, all the so episodes too. would still would be available. <laughs> they somewhere. would be
0: available. Somewhere. I'd <laughs> be able to watch them all if Neil Patrick Harris was in them for sure <laughs> anyway
3: moving on we have venus de milo as telly radford she's like the tomboy of the girls bunk she's like kind of less shallow than dina often like kind of clashing with her about the importance of fashion and like good looks versus you know being able to do sports or like just know, having, fun. And, yeah, having fun and having fun What are you gonna do sit around all day
0: and read magazines sit around no
3: i'd rather lie around in the sun preferably fine for you but i'm gonna play ball my arm feels good and she went on to have roles in things like family matters sister sister smart guy and the Bold and the Beautiful. Oh, yeah. Very yeah. nice. Yeah. Yeah, she's
0: in a lot of, kind of a lot of stuff. Yeah, I remember
2: Sister Sister being on at my house quite a bit, having two sisters. They...
0: <laughs> I love Sister Sister.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's a good show. I'll mm-hmm. give it credit. Um, but.
0: And one cool thing about Venus de Milo, too, is that she actually went to the camp that this place was filmed at.
2: Oh. Um, so she,
0: she went to camp there, and then she also filmed
2: there
3: as that's pretty cool girl. so At she him. so she
2: knew all of the she yeah. knew all of the ins and outs of the place so
3: she went in depth into right the, she was into a method, actor. A method yeah. thank you yes that's, that's right actor. that's
0: exactly right i always thought she was one of the best ones in the show yeah, yeah she's a great character yeah, I also thought she was really good at acting, and um, she's also really prominent in the first episode for losing her glasses. It becomes a big yes, plot point.
3: Yes, <laughs> I, so I just watched that episode, and yeah, she was really sweet in that one. She was so nice at the end. <laughs> I was <laughs> <Yeah>. like, aw.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> You're being so
0: nice. <laughs> right. So, uh, rounding out the girls' cabin, we've got Megan Berwick as ZZ Ziff. ZZ is like the sweet girl. A little bit flower child, I'd say, maybe. A little bit of that Mm -hmm. stereotype, kind of. She's kind of about the earth, but she's also really nice to everybody, Mm -hmm. depending, like, despite how people could be. For example, there's an episode later on where she kind of has a little bit of a crush on Budnick, which is very you know, he's not very nice to the other campers, so this is right, kind of so something...
1: why? <laughs>
0: right, it's kind of like you have this, you know, she's, she just sees the best in everybody, she's very sweet. Yeah, and...
2: you mm-hmm. wouldn't describe her as a hippie or anything like that. Mm-hmm. She's just a very nice kid who can just get along with anyone. Mm-hmm. And that's a really nice um, right. characteristic.
0: Yeah, she kind of rounds out, and it's really nice because she's very much the in-between of you know the two the two other girl campers mm-hmm. in the cabin that are kind of direct opposites of each other. Right. Mm-hmm. Dina and I can't, Telly. I'm sorry, Telly. Telly is a hard name for me to remember for some reason, and I can't I can't remember it. Okay, sorry. Let me te- Dina let me, and Telly. Let me
2: tell you who it is. Real quick. <laughs> um.
0: <laughs> she didn't actually do much acting after the show, though. She was in a TV movie called. <clears throat> it's actually called this. <clears throat> The positively true adventures of the alleged Texas cheerleader
3: murdering mom. That is quite a mouthful. Yes, I saw that on her
0: title, like on her IMDb page, uh-huh. and I just had to include it because what <laughs> is that? Um,
2: what I find <laughs> hilarious about that title is that it's positively true, but alleged.
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah. The positively uh, yeah. true adventures of the alleged Texas cheerleader murdering mom.
2: So we're not sure if it's a Texas cheerleading murdering mom. We don't know if she but actually it's murdered totally those cheer-
0: true <laughs> Yeah, but this, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> now I gotta <laughs> she, watch the. Trailer. She
2: went on to to do a lot of good things. It kind of a progression of her character in salute your shorts <laughs> into real life. She works at a um, at a nonprofit um, doing a lot of. Really helpful things for everybody.
3: Okay, so then we have Tim or Trevor Easter. Easter, Easter? that's how I'd Easter. Say it. Okay, as Eugene Sponge Harris, this waste of human flesh right here, we call Sponge, because his giant head soaks up information like a a, a sponge. Right.
0: Yeah. Check it out. You squeeze his head, and all the information he knows comes dripping out like a little faucet. Check it out. What's the capital of Liechtenstein? I does. <laughs> What's 89 times 54 minus 3 divided by 4? 1,200 decimal point 75.
3: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Obviously, Sponge, he is he's named that because he absorbs the knowledge, just all different information. You really get that in the first episode. They like lay that out right away yeah, for him. He's
2: kind of the stereotypical nerd character yeah, that we mentioned before. So. Exactly.
3: So, Which means he is definitely bullied by <laughs> Budnick and Donkey yeah. Lips.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> Easy
3: target right there. Um, But then he eventually becomes with, you know, kind of friends with them as the show progresses. And so Tim Eiser changed his name and his last credit was a short in 2015.
0: Yeah, he just did a lot of shorts. I couldn't find a lot of things Hmm. that he did afterwards. So, you know, Mm -hmm. Heidi Lucas is next on the list as Dina Alexander. Yay. Yay. Yeah, she's the quote-unquote girly girl of the camp, (laughs) preferring to do nails rather than play sports. And she's also known for being rich. There are lots of episodes where she talks about all of the money that her family has. Or, you know, there's one where she talks about getting lunch with Janet Jackson. (laughs) Oh, yeah. They got Norwegian food all the way from (laughs) Norway. is
2: what she said. Oh, nice. I mean... Pretty pretty great. That's a... Tourist
3: destination for Classic. everyone.
1: Norway. Add it to your Norwegian.
3: list. It's, on, it's <laughs> now on my bucket list.
0: <laughs> Heidi Lucas has acted in a few things since the show, though her last IMDb credit is from 1996. She was on a science fiction show called The Hypernauts, hmm. which I had not heard of before I did this, and I will try to find it.
2: It sounds cool. Yeah. Hypernauts is a great name for a sci fi show.
0: You know, it's crazy because it looks like it only aired for one season, it was only 13 episodes. But on the official page, it it was 1996 with a dash, and mm-hmm. there was no end date. So the sh- so it's like the show could still be going Sticky. on. Yeah, it's every
2: like- sci-fi show ever <laughs> is the hypernauts.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is just the hypernauts. I think we're in the
3: Twilight
0: Zone. <laughs> could you imagine? <laughs> anyway, <laughs>
2: <laughs> the next one on here, Eric MacArthur. As Michael Stein, this character only appears in the first season, Um, he's the main focus of many episodes, like Michael comes to camp, so he's like the new kid,
1: right?
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. he's kind of, he is kind of like the audience perspective character, right? He's the one that, in the beginning of the show, you kind of are supposed to relate to him Mm -hmm. a little more than the other characters, and, and he is really kind of the main character, quote unquote, in a sense that, you know, we're all of these other characters are kind of an ensemble cast that are introducing him to camp.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so we meet each character through the lens of Michael as he comes into camp.
1: I yeah,
3: I, I really got that watching it. it, it yeah, because I, I felt like I was him being introduced to all these different things from the camp and
0: he's like this popular cool guy and all the girls like him so budnick immediately hates him (laughs) because even though he's a jerk he also wants all the girls to like him right which
2: i don't understand the kid logic (laughs) i'll be a jerk that way all the girls like me Mm -hmm. i don't get it but uh, Michael Stein's last <laughs> acting credit was in 2007. It's like some of the other actors here, he's done kind of bits and bobs here and there, but nothing too substantial other than Salute Your Shorts.
3: Right. Mm. Next we have Blake Soper as Ronnie Foster Pinsky. And so at the beginning of season two, Michael has contracted chicken pox and Uh-oh. will not be returning to camp. Oh, no. So that's how they got rid of Michael. <laughs> Out of there. Yes. So in his place, there there comes this scheming and street-smart character named Pinsky, who is introduced.
2: Do they call him Pinsky in the show? Yes. Oh, thank goodness, because that is one of those <laughs> names that you have to
1: use.
0: <laughs> Michael Stein, Eric MacArthur, I guess, decided to leave the show... On his own. Mm. But it provided a pretty good opportunity for them to put in a new character. And they didn't pick somebody who is exactly the same. So in the f- in the first season, uh, Michael serves as like that device, right? For mm. us to be introduced to all these characters. But in season two, we don't need that character anymore because we're already introduced. So mm. we need somebody that's not... That's not going to be like somebody that we really connect with and that we really feel like is us. It's going to need to be somebody who just kind of fits into the ensemble of the mm-hmm. cast. And so in season two, it's much more seems like there is no main character and that it is just an ensemble show. And in every single episode, you're focusing on a different storyline between maybe two, these two characters or these two characters. And the, you know the other characters are always in the background.
3: Very smart. Very smart. Yeah, it's
0: it's very different than a lot of the other <laughs> things that were on TV at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: So he was also Joey the Rat on Boy Meets World. Yeah. yeah. That's...
0: A- that-
2: That's a pretty good one. Yeah,
0: to me, that's like... I mean, I really liked Boy Meets World, so when I saw that, I was like, shit. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, Oh, my God.
2: Yeah, that's a show that a lot of people like, and it probably could have its own episode later, but...
3: um.
0: Uh, Yeah, probably. Yes. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Probably will. Mm
0: -hmm. So... After Blake, Slo- Blake Soper, we've got uh, Steve, Slavkin, we- Steve Slavkin, and I've talked about him already. He's the showrunner. He's the creator. Yeah. But also on the show, he plays Dr. Khan, which is a disembodied voice that kind <laughs> of just <laughs> happens throughout the show. Pretty much what happened with him was that he needed something to fill dead space. The show was filmed differently than almost any children's show at the time. And there was a lot of, there was no laugh track. And, and so he would do these voiceovers that were not really rehearsed. They mm. weren't really scripted. <laughs> he kind of just would sit down and just say whatever popped into his head as the camp counselor. So, he, and, and he also was somebody who worked at a camp for a while before he even wrote the book or made the show, so he had a lot of experience with probably making these kinds of announcements.
3: <laughs> this is Dr. Khan, your camp leader.
2: Welcome to Camp Anawana, the happiest place in the universe. All new campers report to the lodge for bunk assignments.
0: So, when you're watching the show, if anybody listening watches the show, and you hear a voice, and I think some sometimes he says something really silly. <laughs> so, you'll just hear this random voice, and that's who he is in the show. So, and the, the last person we have on this list is, uh, cause I also wanted to mention this person. She was a guest star on the show and there weren't a lot of guest stars in the show it really mm-hmm. was mostly just the kids and, uh, as Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Ugg was pretty much the only adult on the show. I mean, because
3: yeah. you had to have an adult of right. some sort. You can't have it looking like there's a, you know, kids camp with no <laughs> with adults. no adults.
0: Right. <laughs> and this is Christine Cavanaugh. And I wanted to just mention her because she's in two episodes. And she definitely made a very big impression on this show. If you're unfamiliar with Christine Cavanaugh, she is the person who voiced Chucky in The Rugrats. And she was also Oblina in All Real Monsters. So in she, Dexter's lab, you know. Yep. Mm-hmm. A, a legendary voice actress who yes. we miss very dearly. And yeah. I, I truly wish she was still alive. And it is very sad mm-hmm. that she has left us. But yeah, she was an incredible voice actor. It's also really fun to watch those episodes because I I never really knew that, like, I thought the voices that she was doing were just voices, and, and when she's talking on the show, it's like, huh, oh, she kind of just sounded like that.
1: <laughs> and yeah. it's kind of amazing to it me. It is, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's amazing to me. She had the, a very quirky quality to her voice, and I loved it.
2: Yeah, it was so unique. Yeah. She was, uh, it was so recent, too. Only, only a few years ago, mm-hmm. 2014.
3: Okay, we're going to take a little break right now. And I want to know, do you enjoy the Black Case Diaries? Well, if so, the PodCoin app pays you to listen to this podcast and every podcast. It's the podcast player that pays. Just get the app free on iPhone or Android. You can use the PodCoin you earn to claim gift cards or donate to charity. Use our invite code BLACKCASE, all in caps, and you'll get 300 PodCoin right away. Also, earn PodCoin faster by listening to bonus podcasts like the Black Case Diaries and others.
0: So I thought maybe after we kind of talked about the history and the actors, we're going to talk about how we feel about this show a little bit. Yeah. And our favorite episodes. Obviously, my favorite episode, number one all time, (laughs) I'm actually wearing the t-shirt. My, I'm wearing my Zeke the Plumber t-shirt.
1: Yes. It
3: looks good.
0: So this episode is actually called The Ghost Story. It's not called Zeke the Plumber, though a lot of people know it as Zeke the Plumber. Mostly because, I don't know if it's Scarred Children or what really <laughs> happened. Yeah. I remember this episode more <coughs> than any other episode of the show. I actually remember watching this one as it was on TV. And I don't remember watching all the other ones. Like, they all kind of were this big, you know... (laughs) Conglomerate. Yeah, and they all kind of mesh together in my head. And so in this episode, the campers all gathered, Budnick tells the tale of Zeke the Plumber, um, a Mm. man whose nose... <laughs> when he lost his nose. Marcy, you just watched it recently. No. How about you describe
3: it? I, oh, I don't even. I can't. I cannot do it justice. <laughs> not like you. I'll do it. Thank you.
2: He's a guy who lost his nose and became a plumber.
0: Yeah, because obviously that was the next career step. <laughs> but the smell didn't bother him because Zeke didn't have a nose. Why not? When he was in the army. Got his nose bit off by a parrot in the Philippines.
2: I mean, here's the thing if you run into some pretty nasty situations, that's true. You won't smell it. If you
3: don't have
0: a nose, then you won't smell the. Yeah.
3: I didn't even Even, think about that. Even though
2: that's not how noses work. I know.
3: Yeah, but, you know. Anyway. (laughs) In a child's brain. He's a ghost. It's fine. (laughs)
0: That's true. So, Zeke the plumber shows up, and all of the kids. He's essentially. (laughs) Alright, he's essentially their version of Freddy Krueger. Mm -hmm. He shows up in their dreams. (laughs)
3: Looking the exact same every time. Yeah,
0: he appears in their dreams and uh, basically (laughs) what he does is he kind of makes their nightmares come true. Uh, For Michael, for example, he tries to embarrass him by letting everybody know that he sucks his thumb and sleeps with a stuffed animal. Harry the Hipple?
1: Hey, where'd you get him from? From inside your head. That's where you keep all the things you don't want anybody to know about. You're not going to tell anybody about this, are you? Of course not. Some
0: I mean, if the kids at camp know I have a stuffed animal and I suck my thumb, I mean, I
1: used to suck my thumb.
3: And the
0: hippo. Yeah, with, yeah see, Marcy <laughs> I remember
3: a few things. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Telly, he shows up in Telly's dreams, mm-hmm. and her worst nightmare is to wear a, a dress, I guess. Yeah, and dance go, at a ball. go to a
2: ball. Yeah, yeah
0: but then she's stuck at the ball for the rest of her life, with no other people, and uh, presumably uh, no food. So I guess that is Okay, that,
3: that would be kind <laughs> of <laughs> <laughs> of <laughs> Presumably no food. <laughs> I mean, like, I saw no tables around there with the refreshments. It was just in
2: one of the cabins, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
3: Yep. Yes.
0: So, you know, essentially it's it's kind of like that situation where he's Freddy Krueger and he's showing up in their dreams and he's scaring them and he tries to plunge their faces at the end of the dreams is how they end. And uh, the kids all set up Buttnick and just, you know, to scare him because he's the one that scared them in the beginning. And it's a really fun episode. And that one is available on Amazon. Mm-hmm. But it's it, remember, it's called The Ghost Story. It's not called Zeke the Plumber. Yes. So, and I think it's the second episode of season one. Yes. Just so everybody should
3: check it out. Yes. pretty good. Everyone should check it out. But I do, I do have a really big question. Yeah. Okay. So he's a plumber Uh and he obviously uses a plunger. Okay. Right. (laughs) In the first episode, they say that they don't, like there's many miles between them and the nearest like flushable toilet. So why would he need a plunger? Why is, why is he in the cabin plunging a flushing toilet? Marcy, o-
2: Obviously the dirt gets clogged, Marcy. Marcy.
0: <laughs> Marcy has seen two episodes of Salute Your Shorts and <laughs> look at her. She's solving puzzles. <laughs> I, I, you know, She's asking the big questions. I She's solving questions. the mystery of Zeke,
2: the plumber. <laughs> not a chance
1: I,
0: My sense. one of my favorite things I love, I love watching stuff with Marcy especially <laughs> I, I love it when it's her first time and I've seen something before it's like my favorite thing ever <laughs> and the, it was so funny I was doing the research and Marcy was watching the Zeke the Plumber episode and there's a, a scene at the end where they're like let's see who Zeke the Plumber really is you know and they're gonna <laughs> unmask him <laughs> and Marcy goes I knew it <laughs>
2: Yeah, she's, she's over in the corner making her drink of the week, and then it just plays on the TV who it is from the distance. I knew it! <laughs> but, like,
0: unironically. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Old man Ugg. Oh, no. Oh, no. Spoilers. Marcy spoilers! <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Other people might not have figured it out. They might not be as sharp as you. <laughs> I love you, Marcy.
3: (laughs) I feel the love.
0: Okay. (laughs) All right. So the next episode on our list is the radio call-in contest. And I think this is one that you guys probably never saw.
2: I have not seen Mm -hmm. this one.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. This one is pretty prominent. It's the one where Sponge, who is, you know, the kid who's the smart, he's the smarty pants. He's the Mm -hmm. nerd. He has a chance to win $1,000 from a radio call-in contest. And he enlists, yeah, he enlists the help of all of his friends and they all teach him very different things that each one knows. And there's a funny scene with Budnake teaching him guitar riffs, which is hilarious, <laughs> uh, because he keeps saying that oh, this one's from this band and this one's from this one. And it's all the same riff every single time, and mm-hmm. it's very funny. Oh, nice, but he can play guitar in real life actually, so because he's in a band.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: <clears throat> and the radio DJ psychs him out, and it makes. He makes sponge stay up all night and you know studying for this question and
1: oh yeah
0: I won't spoil the end, but it is a very fun episode, you know? It's kind of one of those where it's a good ensemble episode, and you and you get little bits from each character. So that's a really fun one. It's not available on Amazon, so I don't know why I told you all about it, because you're not going to be able to see it. <laughs> Whoops. I think there might be a DVD of the show somewhere. There's, I don't
2: know. It's gotta be Maybe. somewhere, I gotta right? figure it out. I mean, it's popular enough, right? Where, I mean, I mean the, the cast has come back for reunion panels and stuff mm-hmm. like that. People know about the show. Yeah. yeah. It's gotta be somewhere. Somewhere. yeah mm-hmm. just uh, like Pete and Pete season three
0: yeah whatever <laughs> that, that's a pipe dream that's never yeah. coming oh, yeah sorry only. I wish anyway so Mail Carrier Mona is the next episode that I want to talk about in conjunction with Park Ranger Mona and I know <coughs> you guys have seen Park Ranger Mona yes, mm-hmm. you have. Yes. I yes. love that episode so I'm going to talk about Mail Carrier Mona just for a second so these are the two episodes that Christine Cavanaugh is in and in the first one ugh. Breaks up, or his girlfriend breaks up with him, over the phone. She's never been seen in the show. She's just some some off-screen character that breaks <laughs> up with him. And he's devastated. And the kids try to help by setting him up with this kind of little bit, little goofy, kind of funny mail carrier woman. And it kind of goes pretty well. And it's a very sweet episode because... You know the, the kids kind of show that they do care a little bit about UG, mm-hmm. which is nice. I mean, yeah, right. you know, the the kids aren't like always super nice to him, but it is kind of nice to see them actually <laughs> caring
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: about him and his well being. <laughs> and they hit it off, and it goes pretty well. So then she does return for another episode, and this one is Park Ranger Mona, and you guys have seen that one. Yeah,
2: she she changes her profession; she gets a new job as a park ranger so that she can be closer. To UG, which is super sweet. That's
0: so cute. Mm -hmm. I wish that I wish jobs really worked that way. Wouldn't that be nice? Just change your job. Yeah. Yeah.
2: (laughs) I really like this episode. It's another really sweet one. They kind of um, she's there to inspect the camp, but uh, as you in the first episode, she's like just doing her job. She kind of takes it pretty seriously, and throughout the show, UG doesn't take it super seriously. You know, they're just. "Mm tries to keep the kids in line or whatever but they kind of get up to whatever they want at the camp so the park ranger mona comes in and finds a zillion violations
1: yeah
2: <laughs> and and ug just wants you know just give me a pass we're dating you just don't worry oh about God. it right but she's a lot more you know she she cares about her job as much as she cares about Ugh. you know maybe she cares about him more but uh you know, she's not just going to forget her job and and throw, you know, right? Forget all this, all the problems here. So they kind of butt heads and they kind of.
0: I don't think they break up. Actually, they might in the episode break up. I'm not totally sure. I can't remember. It's been yeah, a little I bit.
2: Right. Regardless, if they actually break up, they they stop talking to each other for a while and they kind of like take a break, basically. And obviously, both of them are upset about it. Ugh, is, but but at the same time. Be, you know, kind of that thing that couples do where they're like, uh, well, the other person is wrong, mm-hmm. you know, for a little mm-hmm. while, but then as time goes on, they're like, maybe I am the wrong one. And yeah, I feel, so- mm-hmm. and you start, they start to feel bad again. And they, they, the kids kind of help them see that, and then they kind of get pushed back together, and they're, you know, they realize that mm-hmm. none of it really matters. And they,
0: yeah. And she re- gets reassigned because she doesn't want to cause more tension right. in their relationship anymore. And it ends really sweetly, and, and they're just so goofy the whole episode. Yeah. Uh, it's it's very, like...
2: Yeah, it's, you know, <laughs> the great scene at the beginning yes. when she shows up, she rows up to the camp on a, a, a boat. On a
0: boat, yeah. <laughs> he
2: just drops what he's doing and runs down the dock. My girlfriend! <laughs>
1: she's the mill lady. Mona? It's Mona, my girlfriend. <laughs> oh, oh you never changed. <laughs> Greetings young campers, Mona Tibbs, U.S. Forest Service. Hi, Mona.
2: And trips and falls into the, into the lake and yeah. Doesn't even care. He just swims up to the boat He's like hi You know.
1: Yeah.
0: It's very it's very goofy yeah. and ridiculous. There are a lot of really funny gags in the show. Like I, I love that about it because there are like like for example, there is an episode where um everybody keeps tripping over this rake. It's just like on the ground and everybody's, you know, and it's just all all, the whole episode. Yeah, it's and it's amazing. Like it's such that's such a good gag. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I love (laughs) I love gags like that.
2: Nobody notices it. Nobody picks it up. It's (laughs) always just in the way somehow. It's great. It
0: gets to a point in the episode where I think almost every character is on crutches because they keep <laughs> yeah. tripping over this rake. And it's it's such a, it's such a good idea. It's,
2: it's a very Nickelodeon yeah. gag, I <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: think. And it just feels so real. Uh, the last one I want to talk about very briefly was this special two-part episode. Whoa. Very dramatic. Where Buttnick falls in love with Dina. Mm-hmm. And uh, there had been episodes before... Where, you know, stuff like this had been teased. Uh, Donkey Lips kind of has a crush on Dina. Mm-hmm. The whole show. There's an episode where she leaves like a love note for Michael on mm. um, one of his paintings Ooh. and, and uh, it's accident it's actually Donkey Lips' painting. No, uh, no. And he thinks that Dina is in love with him. Oh you man. Know, and and that's very, you know, like so th- there's these topics have been brought up before because these are like young tweens and then teenagers mm-hmm.
2: right and it's they're away together at summer camp with yeah. their parents aren't around and it's inevitable
0: it's a different setting and, yeah yeah and i think it felt very natural to have these kinds of storylines and and so this is one where butnik falls for dina she's disgusted by him remember she's the one that's kind of girly mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. and
0: um in this episode you also see how sweet Zizi is she's very I mean she's a very sweet adorable girl when she thinks she actually ends up thinking that Butnik is has a crush on her and her she gets shattered uh when it that's not the case right mm-hmm.
2: she, she's real sad about it
0: yeah yeah and you know there's this is a really the, the reason I bring it up is because every time I look up this show th- this is one of the episodes that comes up mm-hmm. <laughs> like immediately it's one of the ones that's available the two Thank that are available. Goodness. Yeah, Grrr. so that you're able to actually watch it. And it's a, it's important for the character of Butnik because you see him kind of mature. And we get to know Pinsky in this episode. This is a good one with Pinsky in it. Yeah, so right. we kind of, you know, because a lot of the episodes that I've rewatched have Michael in them, not Pinsky. So... It is good to watch this one and, and you can kind of see. Also, uh Telly and Pinsky kind of have a little bit more of a relationship in this episode. You see them fight a lot and
2: Yeah, it's kind of like they they act like they don't like each other, but there's obviously
0: Yeah, they obviously a like, different like each kind of other tension. but they Yeah. Yeah. And that you know, I, I really like that because that... That was what it was like. When that's I was the most
2: kid. kid. That's that, the most realistic. Yeah, yeah, that's
0: the one. That's the one that exists when you're a kid because yep. that, it happened in school all the time. Mm-hmm. I remember it, that was just, that was how it, how it was done. You fought if you if you liked each other. So another episode that we really like is mm-hmm. the very first episode of the show, the pilot. Mm-hmm. And this is not really pilot, I guess, pilot part two. And it's it's very important episode. <coughs> Michael comes to camp. And uh, this is when we kind of start to meet all the characters and we're very introduced to Butnick and to Donkey Lips yes. and this, and Sponge. The, we, we know about them a lot. And one of the big things in this episode is that Michael has to go through some sort of strange initiation to be in the secret, secret society, society is what they call it. Just to quote, they just call mm-hmm. it secret society. And one of the things he has to do is go to the girls' bunk and steal items from the girls' bunk. Mm -hmm. So, Michael goes and does this. He steals the items from the bunk and including Telly's glasses.
2: Aha.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: And, of course, on all of these shows and movies and things, whenever glasses get taken or stolen or misplaced or dropped... They always end up getting stepped on.
0: So he goes. He takes these glasses. They break. And Butnick, what he does is he he frames another camper that never gets named or brought uh, up again. I see. Butnick puts like the diary. They took a diary, the glasses, and makeup from the girl's cabin, and he puts it in this kid's bag. And they all run into the mess hall and Buttnick points to the kid and is like, he did it. You know, he's the one that took it. And this kid just looks up with the goofiest, most (laughs) innocent look on his face. And I love it. It's the funniest thing ever.
3: Yeah. With the biggest puppy eyes and
1: like
3: (laughs) these
0: oversized glasses. (laughs) He's just like, I mean, he's just the picture of innocence. Like, you know, like it's so obvious that he did not do it. (laughs) and they're just like and they open it they just rip open his bag and they're like my journal my makeup my glasses you know that kind of thing and they put put stuff on and the glasses are broken and they're like Uh, oh he deserves an awful waffle and that and that's when we see them almost perform an awful waffle
1: yeah hey everybody it's awful waffle time yeah (laughs) yeah waffle! waffle! waffle!
2: They they lift up the front of his shirt to show his belly and yes. they lay him down on a table, they hold him down and then they're just chanting awful waffle.
3: Awful waffle. And they got the syrup at the ready. But we yes. don't
2: but we don't see what happens.
3: We don't.
0: And and this is the thing, they don't actually do it because Michael steps in and he says, Wait, wait, if anyone should have an awful waffle, it's me, I'm the one that did it. Mm-hmm. and and that's when you know you were talking about how nice telly is at the end yeah of the episode.
3: because at the end of the episode she like comes into his, his bunking area or whatever and he, you know he's like i thought you were mad at me and she's like ah you know I, it's okay i got contacts now and i can see so clearly uh, Oh, okay so i only hate you half as much now
2: <laughs> i was wondering about that because in the rest of the show she doesn't have glasses and i was like
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But she she can't has see with
2: You talked. Yeah, because you mentioned and you're like, yeah, when well, she loses her glasses. I'm like, huh?
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. The character has glasses? What do you mean? Yeah. Yeah.
0: The Awful Waffle is some what Marcy named her drink after
3: this week. Yes. yes. And it was very good. Yeah. Had a little syrup in it mm-hmm. and of course i mean how can you have an awful waffle without a little syrup of course. <laughs> of course and some orange juice and some other good things and you can find the rest of the ingredients on patreon yes
0: yes you can so uh now that we've talked about our favorite episodes mm-hmm. um we can talk a little bit more about just some fun facts about yeah. the show just yeah. some fun little things one really big important thing about this show is that the way it was shot was kind of groundbreaking a lot of children's television show at the time was shot, was shot on a soundstage and with either a live studio audience or a laugh track. And this show was not. The show was shot on location at Franklin Canyon Park in Franklin Lake, which is actually the same place where they shot uh, Opie's fishing hole in The Andy Griffith Show. Nice. So if you ever watch The Andy Griffith Show and you see Opie's fishing, that's, that's where he's fishing. Same Aww. location. Uh, another thing that was groundbreaking about the show was that it was scored. They used a lot of classical music to kind of enhance the show, and it's really evident in the first episode when you watch it. It's like, it's just almost in your face. There's so much classical yeah. music. It's you know, it's very, very common throughout the show, and, and this is something that wasn't, because these shows didn't necessarily, children's shows didn't need the scores as much, and so this one was actually kind of cool because it had, it had that music, and that was really special. Yeah,
2: brought it to a new level.
0: Yeah, and uh, there's a there's actually a book that I want. I just found out about it. It's called Slimed: An Oral History of Nickelodeon's Golden Age. Oh
2: wow! And, yeah,
0: I want it. I want that book. That
2: sounds cool. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and I guess in it, uh, one of the producers of the show, Courtney Conti, was quoted, and she said that Slavkin, the creator of the show, uh, had di- he pushed directors to like to really change up the directorial style of the show and make it seem like each episode was like its own little movie. Mm. So that each, each week, kids were watching a little movie about summer camp, not necessarily like a TV show. Mm. And they even actually pulled a director from the show Parker Lewis Can't Lose. They actually pulled a director from that show because he did a really cool shot in one of the episodes. And they were like, hey, we want you to do something, <laughs> something special and cool for our show too. Nice.
3: Yeah. Nice.
1: You I think know, it paid off.
3: It makes me wonder if uh, Heavyweights kind of took some inspiration from this show, since it was in 1995. You know, Maybe. being uh, the fact that you know that it seemed like they kind of took more real kind of kids, and you know, yeah, it had uh, a
2: very realistic take on yeah. um, on a summer camp, especially one like that where the kids would 100 percent have hiding spots for candy, or, <laughs> exactly. or you yeah. know, or there's an episode where they weren't they were doing some kind of weight weighing and Donkey Lips was trying to lose weight and Sponge was trying to gain weight. Yes. And there's this whole thing where they couldn't eat Mm -hmm. specific things and they had to secretly eat burgers and all this stuff. Yeah,
0: I know. But Nick actually has like a a storage of stuff. Uh Like just contraband. Food and and other items. (laughs) Cocaine. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, food and other items. And (laughs) Hug actually busts them and makes him like, Undo like his all his hiding places and stuff, and yeah. and uh, you know he's like, don't let me catch you with food again. And he walks out, and and Butnick says, okay, I won't let you catch me catch with food me. again. Yeah. yeah, you won't catch me with you won't catch me. Yeah.
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're, we've been doing all these summer movies on our Instagram and stuff like yeah. that. This is this is along with Pete and Pete. I think the, these two together are the quintessential <laughs> summer shows on nickelodeon
0: yeah this is that's why we're doing it now yeah because it's a summer show yes and i I can't think of one that's more summer than this one right it's (laughs) a wonderful wonderful little show and one of the things that i wanted to mention was that danny cooksey who played Butnick, he actually had michael bauer and kirk bailey who were donkey lips and ugg they were groomsmen at his wedding so they're still friends you know some of them are at least and Mm -hmm. you know they did their reunions and And they've come back a couple times. And uh, honestly, it seems like pretty much everybody had a good time on this show. It doesn't seem like there was a lot of anger, resentment. I did read a couple. It was a lot of places where like the the actors didn't all get along. And they only had one reference that they kept referencing, Mm -hmm. which was that apparently uh, the kid who played Sponge and the kid who played Donkey Lips shared uh, a dressing room and they had clashing egos and they had a hard time with each other Hmm. Uh, you know and and which is very a very regular normal thing yeah (laughs) that makes total sense to me
3: as long as they didn't like actually go at it and fight each other right Right. (laughs) like maybe
2: one of them just left something on the other one's desk and they're like yeah come on can you keep your area clean or something like that and that was it like oh my god controversy there it is
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah
0: and the last thing i did mention this before But even though the show stopped airing new episodes in 1992, it continued to be one of the most popular on the network. It was among the top 15 highest rated regularly scheduled basic cable series in 1996, four years after it stopped showing new episodes.
2: Which is incredible.
0: Yeah.
2: That, I don't know if there are, I don't know if there are hardly any kid shows at least that can say that they're that highly ranked after they're done. Like, don't get me wrong. There are a lot of good kid shows out there, but four years later, everyone's moved on, you know?
3: It also goes
0: to show that shows that are still going on could have stopped years ago and would still be pretty popular. Right. Like SpongeBob, for example. Yes. If SpongeBob had stopped four years ago, it would still be popular.
2: Yeah. I mean, if it had stopped at the movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like it was supposed to. (laughs)
0: <laughs> anyway, enough about SpongeBob. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We really appreciate it. We love doing this. We yeah. really really missed it. Yeah. Oh god. Oh. You just feel
2: you feel the gap in yeah. the week. Before we started this podcast, we just hang out and talk about this stuff anyway. So <laughs>
1: Yeah.
2: And if we took a break from the podcast, we would probably still get together and talk about this stuff. So we'd be like, "Well, why aren't we recording right yeah. now?" So <laughs> There, there it is. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna continue doing it. We hope you really like our content. Um, let us know.
0: Yeah, yeah. We have a Patreon. Please check it out. Look at it. You don't have to commit to it or anything. Just you know, take a visit. Yeah. See if you like it. Yeah. Who There's knows? There's a nice video on there. Yeah, we Enjoy do. Yourself. We do extra content. We do extended episodes, early access. We have art for you guys to download. There's lots of really fun stuff on there. And also, we have some merchandise. Uh, if you visit our website, BlackCasedIaries.com, you will see that as well. Also, we have an Instagram, at Diaries podcast and a Twitter, at diary. Please follow us, tweet at us, talk to us. Please,
1: for <laughs> the love of
0: God.
2: <laughs> um, th- all we ask if we just want to know that you're there. Yeah. Yep. We see we see the listens, and we really appreciate them. But we love some we love some tangible feedback. Um, we just a tweet, anything, yep. just a little something that says hey, even the even the waving emoji is enough for me. Yeah. Just something to show that you're there and that you're listening and that you appreciate the show.
0: And I know a lot of you listen to us on many different platforms, but one of them that's really good for us is Radio Public, and the reason I bring that up is because when you listen to us on Radio Public, we actually get a little bit of money, and that's really helpful to us. Mm-hmm. Just a tiny little bit. You're, you're not, like, <coughs> making us rich or anything, but when you listen to it, you know, it helps us just a right. tiny, tiny little right. bit, if, and you don't have to give any money or anything.
2: Exactly. If you, if you really want to support us, but you can't afford to do something monthly like Patreon, then... The, the next best thing you can do for us is to listen on Radio Public. That's all you have to do. If you're listening to the show anyway, just switch over to Radio Public and you're supporting us. And it means the world.
0: It does. Mm-hmm. We love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Robin. I'm Adam.
3: And I'm Marcy.
0: Bye. Case
2: closed. Oh,
0: I guess that's another case closed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bye. Bye.
2: Bye.